Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. Speaker. It's Boston's most listened to afternoon radio program. Wee! Vulgar and Mass. You need a little bit of fat in there for flavor. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. On 98.5, the Sports Hub. Uh, Mike, what are you hearing about this Mac Jones injury and... Where do you think we're going from here with the quarterback position in New England? So I think the next decision, guys, is just whether he's going to have the surgery, right? And so we know that he's got the severe high ankle sprain, and I think just trying to get all the information that he feels like he can make the best decision for himself, and that'll be the next step. And if it happens, I would think it happens pretty quickly. Um, and then it's just a matter of you know how, how, when he could come back. Um, I'm sort of I've been listening to you, Zoe. I'm yeah. sort of operating on the assumption that you know, they're, they're looking at multiple weeks here without Oh, him. oh yeah. Mike Reeson earlier with the Midday Show with the latest on Mac Jones. Catch Reese every Tuesdays with Zolak and Bertrand. We're joined by our own in-studio guest, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. It's a big boy Tuesday, Maz. Yes, indeed. It's a big boy Tuesday, Greg. How you doing? Good. What's up, fellas? Uh, nothing much. We'll start with the Mac Jones stuff and reporting from, uh, well, our very own Jimmy Stewart, who I believe sent this out on Twitter last night, certainly sent it to us in a text. And uh, it reads simply, the Patriots and Mac Jones are at a disagreement about how to move forward. Patriots want to get him back as soon as possible, and he's hesitant to their guidance and wants to proceed with caution. Second opinion. Pat's timeline is four weeks max. He's comfortable waiting six to eight if needed. So what are your thoughts on that, Greg? My thoughts are uh, it doesn't surprise me. I think this is sort of a continuation of what's gone on starting in the offseason with uh, the coaching changes and and Belichick's decisions there and how um, Mac feels uneasy with that. And I think that he looks at it and – uh, he's not sure on the field as quarterback whether he's been put in the best position to succeed and, by the team. And now it's it would be only natural for him to you know question whether he should trust um, their medical opinions on this. So I think he's just he's he, he has a chance now to look out for himself, and that's what he's going to do. He's lost faith. He lost some faith in the entire operation, and it extends to this. Paint you a simple picture. It's like, uh, okay, bust my ass in the off season, 
put on weight, lose baby fat, do what it takes to have a big year two jump. And what do I get? New offense, inexperienced coaching, a bad offensive line, uh, orchestrated step back. Now I'm getting the crap pounded out of me. Now I'm three weeks in. I just ripped my ankle and my leg, and you want me to come back sooner rather than later? Um, Actually, no. I'm going to get a second opinion on this and take my time. Is that sort of a fair representation of the situation? 100%. Thank you. I mean, look, he he's played three games. He's needed x-rays after two of them. And they have he has more x-rays than they do wins so far. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, look, if put yourself in Mac Jones' shoes. You know, what about what's gone on since Josh McDaniels left has told you that uh, that the team is doing the best thing for Mac Jones to make him the best player possible. And, and I, I don't think he, he I don't think he thinks that's true. And I think it's only natural for him to go through his due diligence and, and get uh, a second opinion, who knows, maybe a third opinion, and, and make sure he's making the right choice for, for himself, um, not only this season, but long term. May I ask your thoughts? Does anyone else find this stunning? Like, I think this is, if this is, in fact, what is going on, and again, it may or may not be acrimonious, but, you know, we dramatize. That's what we do. But even so, that he it's his second year in the league. It took Brady almost 20 years before he started giving Bill the finger. This guy's doing it in his second season? I, I was thinking the same thing, Matt. This ain't Tom Brady. And when I say this ain't Tom Brady, I mean this ain't the Tom Brady-Bill dynamic. No, no. The, the Tom Brady that Bill got to enjoy in 2000, 2001, 2002, the six-round pick who would do anything just to make the roster, and even after he won his first Super Bowl, still carried himself like that for a decade, like he was fighting for a roster spot for Pete's sake. That's how Brady carried himself I mean, th- this for a is, long time. So I'm stunned by this on multiple levels. And first, instead, Bill gets the, the first-round pick Alabama national champion quarterback who uh, – well, ain't carrying himself like Tom Brady did 20 years ago. Well, right. So on one hand, I do look at Mac Jones and say, whoa, 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 dude, pump the brakes a little bit. Pump the brakes. I get the fact that you are, you know, frustrated and you feel like they've hung you out to dry and you're right. At the same time, I would say you're a football player. You have an obligation to get back on the field to help your team. So get back on the field and help your team. At the same time, I do look at it and go, Bill's not going to last in this modern world because Mac Jones is one of these millennials. The, the next one's going to be worse. The next guy that come through the door, if they take him in the first round, well, anyway, say, unless he's undrafted and owes his existence to bill and will do anything it takes just to stay on the roster. If he drafts anyone good or signs anyone good, they're going to look out for themselves. Exactly. These kids are all corporations now. That's what they are. They're all corporations. I love it. This is the first thing he's done that I've actually loved. It's now a, pow- a player-driven league. The players have been more empowered than Brady was. On you know, Never mind where he was drafted. But 22 years later, the players have more power than ever. And now he's using it. But, but Murray, do you understand what I'm saying, though? Like... We are so, and maybe maybe we're the ones that are the problem because we are so used to the quarterback going along with it mm-hmm. and and sort of like buying into the coach's philosophy and putting up with it that maybe this is more commonplace. But the guy's got twenty games under his belt, twenty yeah, so, games. So half of you are saying, "Who are you to be?" Right, exactly. Like uh, I'm looking at the whole thing, going, "How did you get to this point this fast?" The two of you. Well. I'm, and I think it's back to Greg's point: the whole, the arc of the whole season and year one into year two, without without question. And and if you want to, 
I'm sure there are some of you out there be like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're you're inventing stuff. You're making this stuff. And you pointed out yesterday because I didn't see it. At, I'm at the game, and then I watched the coach's film. I don't watch the TV copy. Go watch Mac Jones's reaction that they showed on the bench after the Devontae Parker interception. This is a guy in his 20th game, 21st, including the playoff game, who you should have seen him what you didn't see on TV. So he goes over and he sits down, and, and you see him scream. It's bleeping cover four. Bleep. Like he's yelling at his teammates, including he's complaining about Devontae Parker, who's in his third game with the Patriots. Then he gets up. He's steaming. He goes on the far end of the bench where the defense is getting ready to go onto the field. And he's standing behind them about five feet. He is absolutely steaming. Then he goes back. He sits on the defensive bench by himself to the point where offensive players have to come over to him. He is steaming the entire time. That is When did you ever think that you would see a Patriots quarterback 20 games into his career acting like that? That's the level of frustration that Mac Jones has. You have to understand that this is real. There's reasons why he feels that way about what's going on on the field, and he is that frustrated that 20 games in, he is acting like that. So uh, your thoughts, 617-779-0985. Do you think those interceptions on Sunday were all his fault, Greg? Not entirely, no. Uh, Let's start with the first one, Um, the play-action pass. First of all, it was second and seven. Since when is that a play-action down? (laughs) Like, all right, second and three, second and two, all right, you know, they're looking, all right, they might run again. All right, so I'm going to crash the line. The whole thing with play action is you are trying to get the linebackers or safeties sucked into the play to to just basically give you open space. And they run a wide stretch, wide zone play action for the first time all season, okay? They've run a couple stretch runs, not in this game. They ran a wide zone the first play on the, on the preceding drive, not the same action. So as a play caller, when you, you're supposed to set up play action. It's supposed to look like other plays. So the, the linebackers are fooled. They're like, oh, crap, they ran out of this formation and this run action last time. I was late. I'm going to crash. I'm going to be there to stop the run this time. They run a completely different play to the other side, different run action, different personnel, different formation. It looks nothing like the other play. And even before Mac Jones is done, even before he makes his play fake, the Ravens linebackers are already going back to defend. And there were multiple times in this game where the Patriots ran plays, and I'm like, do the Ravens have the Patriots signals? They're beating them to the punch all the time. The fourth down flat play, some of the plays in the red zone. And so Mac Jones, as a quarterback... He's turning his back to the play. This is the, this is a play that you are trusting your play caller. We have set this up. This is going to be open. It's only a two-man route. So you're expecting it to be wide open. And Mac throws the ball. I don't think he saw the linebacker uh, uh, behind the line, which we've seen a, a few times this season. And But that's supposed to be open. The run action, the whole play action, setting up the play, that's supposed to be open. It wasn't. Now, Mac... Didn't see the linebacker. It's partially his fault, but it's partially the play caller. And then the the the, the Parker Mac says it's bleeping cover four. In cover four, Devontae Parker needs to win and and get outside leverage, and that's where Mac put the ball. He's supposed to run up, basically give him a little shove, turn around, should be a touchdown. What does Devontae Parker do? He gets manhandled by a smaller cornerback, shoved to the inside, and then it's an easy interception. 
So I put half of it on Parker. And I'm sure Jones thought, you know, by his reaction, he was let down by Parker. The the play action uh, play that he was talking about, the first of those two plays, mm-hmm. I watched it on his website this morning on bostonsportsjournal.com. The linebackers weren't even remotely deep. <laughs> they did. They were like, it, it, it is so true. They are two steps back in their drops as Jones is like going to hand off the ball. So like they knew there was wasn't a run play. They knew. I mean, they were dropping back, and then and then Jones he, he didn't see the linebacker. He definitely didn't see him. No. He threw it right to him for crying out loud. But like the the interesting part of that play is watching the drop. He's not that, that Jones is going to hand the ball off, and the two of them are backing up. <laughs> in Jones' it's comical. Mind, in Jones's mind, the linebacker's not supposed to be there. Yeah. He's supposed to go in two steps, and then Max supposed to throw it over top. It's supposed to be wide open. But because you didn't set up the play. They're right there. They're waiting for it. There were so many plays like that this weekend, you know, that it was just confounding. And here's the other thing, because I know I was just listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast, and he's all over Mac Jones's case about turnovers. He did it last week on his podcast. He said he's going to get his ass benched. He mentioned that again today about Mac Jones. Like, if he doesn't watch it, he's going to get benched. And he, he he puts it all on Mac Jones, that he's not taking care of the ball. Okay, how, the, the Patriots are basically schizophrenic on offense right now. So everyone's like, oh, look at Max, Max air yards. They're the law. They're the most they've ever been. They're being more aggressive down the field. Well, and you want him to be a game manager at the same time. What do you want him to be? And I think this is part of his frustration. Like, what are we trying to do? And I, I warned you that last season as a rookie, Mac Jones was very carefully managed. And if you want, if you think you're going to win on defense and throwing the ball and running the ball and things like that, that's fine. And you want to put little Jordan Humphrey on the field because he can block in the running game. Like, fine, you want to do that, then manage the game that way. Make it simple, just, you know, small passes, ball control, be safe. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have him be the bad, mad bomber, which gets you into position and makes plays all this weekend, and then get on his case about, oh, well, he made a mistake. He was being too aggressive. Like, he's 20 games into his career. This is not Tom Brady, if you haven't noticed. Okay. Meanwhile, his leg is ripped up, and they want him to come back quickly, and he's uh, maybe pushing back, and can you blame him? That's where we'll start, and we'll get to your calls with Bedard right after this. There are many moments that make home sweet home. So when it's your time to find a home, get started at wellsfargo.com slash your time. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., NMLSR, ID 399801, equal housing lender. can help fill in the blanks, but we need some of the spiel. On a different note, the cork is popping out of the bottle. That's a a metaphor. Patriots now with a second down and seven, trying to capitalize. Down by eight. Jones drops back with a play fake. Rolls into the pocket, moves up, fires downfield, picked off. A sliding interception as he was looking for Devontae Parker, but did not see it appears. Finds the linebacker, and the Ravens with a takeaway. Killer. You won a game now. Patriots with a giveaway. Just a direct throwaway where Mm. uncontested. Easy pick for the defense. Great play by him. Undercutting Parker. I don't know what Jones is looking at. That's a forced play to a guy that has got a couple grabs today. It's his day. I'm going to stick one in there for him. Not the case. No awareness. It appeared that Bynes was coming over across the middle right in front of the receiver. 
There's a little it's bit of pressure coming from Max Wright. Worst read and throw of the day. And it looked like he was locked in on Parker. You know better than I. I mean, step up. He felt the pressure. He stepped up. He got everything on it. He just undercut it. But Bynes Baited read him. his eyes? Uh, watch him, watch him. He didn't bait. He, see, Jones is looking like the at the shell coverage behind it. And this guy just comes right underneath, backward from the front side. Again, if you watch replays of it up on Boston Sports Journal, the Ravens didn't buy the play fake not even one bit. <laughs> Mac Jones went to handoff, and the linebackers backed up. Yeah, two steps back, <laughs> knowing what was coming. I mean, you should see it. There's a, a Greg. You have a still image of it up there, don't you? Like it's no. cr- you, you can see their weight shift. <laughs> it's like they're going in the opposite direction. It's comical. So again, Beatles promo sums it up there well too. Mac Jones saddled with inexperienced coaches, a new system, a bad offensive line. He's getting the crap kicked out of him. Now he's hurt, and they want him to come back sooner than later. And he's saying, hmm, really? Do I need to do that? I might be all good here with the more cautious approach. Your thoughts on this? Uh, on the field, off the field, whatever you want with Greg Bedard. Chris on the Cape. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Mike. Yeah, Greg, I wanted to ask you two things about the play call. And one, I, I called yesterday. I was talking about the timeout going into a third and nine and then running a draw play and then that play in the flat on the fourth and three, which anyone could see from a mile away coming. I thought that was one of the most egregious sequences of the game. I wanted uh, your thoughts on that. And then the other thing was, I, I was going to talk about that second and not seventh play. I saw you tweet about it, but really just play action game as a whole. I know they used to go to the line with, they used to talk about going to the line with two plays and the quarterback being able to audible out of it. And it seems like they're not doing that in there. And, and I thought Max strong suit was that being able to make decisions and all that. And it's, okay, so the two, those two things. Yeah, I thought um, the third and nine, fourth down play. Yeah, the, the third and nine, like when they ran the draw play, I I was like, wait, did I have the down wrong? Was it second and nine? And like, you know, so obviously they looked at it as a two down situation, and you know we're gonna we're gonna run here, which you know was a good run. Then they they ran the play in the flat. That was another play, and and there have been multiple instances so far this year. They were going; they thought they had man coverage, which they did. And what they were going to do was run a, a rub route for that. Um, I think it was Parker was supposed to run a rub, rub route for Kendrick Bourne, right? But the the Ravens completely read it. They knew it was coming. Um, they also tried that down on the goal line where Johnny Smith like ran behind Mac Jones. That was another supposed to be little Jordan Humphrey was supposed to run a pick play, except Patrick Queen, the Ravens linebacker, was just out there. And so, I, what the caller's talking about about you know the checks of the line. I don't know how they're doing it now. I I could tell you a year ago that Mac would see that and he would check to a run or what have you. I don't know if he still has those controls. I don't know. Are, are the play calls getting in? Does he have enough time to check out of these plays? I mean, that Jonu Smith play, he's got to travel a long way behind him and go out in the flat. Um, so I, I, I just don't know where they are on that, but there's no question that the Ravens were a step or two ahead of the Patriots on, on a lot of crucial situations. We've got uh, John and Shrewsbury. Go ahead, John. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, Mike. I thought you made an outstanding point yesterday regarding the Patriots over the course of the next few weeks with their schedule. There are no excuses. If they don't go 4-4, four and four, that to me is ridiculous. Uh, Greg, what kind of leash is Bob Kraft going to give Belichick? Why not think about going out there and getting Sean Payton? I mean, this guy is an outstanding coach. Okay, well, we're not going to do that now. 
yeah, there's a long, we're a long ways off from that. Okay, does anyone want to engage Sean Payton in the next coach real quick? Because I don't. No, but he's he's right about you know they're they're before the season I thought they were going to start one and three, then I thought they were going to win their next four games, get the five and three, and you know because the Bills have a kill, killer early season schedule, I thought they would be ahead of the Bills at five and three in the AFC East. You know, fool's gold because of who they're playing. To me, there's no excuse. They should still be able to do that with or without Mac Jones. They should still be able to do it. Once you get past this week, you're playing either backup quarterbacks or backup caliber quarterbacks, which you would consider backup caliber quarterbacks, or guys who aren't ready, fields. You know, put them in, in one category or the other. Right now, Flacco and uh, Brissett are playing for their teams. Then you got Jared Goff, who you all hate and think sucks, and it should be a backup. And then you have Justin Fields, who isn't ready and not a good offense. So, you know, what are we talking about here? You should still be winning these games. Mike in the truck, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I understand Mac's frustration with everything going on this year. What I don't understand is how many endorsements he's getting. And it feels like Patriots Nation's putting him on a pedestal and because of what we had with Tom Brady. This is Big Jim Murray's point. Well, the fans got nothing to do with this, though. I mean, he's a he is a first-round quarterback. He's going to get these opportunities from companies, get that money. But I do think that people are already looking at this guy as like the savior where, you know, as you mentioned, it's been 20 games. You don't know yet. He's certainly acting like it, though. I, again, I like that he is battling back with the organization a little bit. He's going to get this second opinion because he doesn't like how things were handled. I mean, yeah. I, I just think that the fans, look, it's it's hope, it's faith, which they should. I mean, they think first-round quarterback that they picked – you know, pretty successful first season, ten and seven, going to the playoffs. They should have a lot of hope and faith in the kid. And you know, I don't know how, I don't know if they think he's going to be Brady, but they think he's the guy to lead them next. And and I'm not, I'm not down on Mac Jones. I still, I think he's that guy. Uh, but I don't blame the, the the fans for feeling that way. Matt and Braintree, your thoughts? I just love all the turmoil that's going on with this team. I don't think Belichick even breaks the record if it keeps going like this. And Murray, how great is this? Fire the cannons. It's going to be Brady three, Belichick zero. Mm, I don't know about them this year, but (laughs) sure, fire the cannons. Matt in uh, Framingham. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, hi, Greg. I wanted to get your opinion on something. I feel like Belichick's getting his just desserts for what he did this offseason, which was running an operation full of yes-men. Bill's guys, you know, people that wouldn't challenge him and push him back. And now he's finding out the hard way that that wasn't the best idea. And I wonder how much pushback we're going to get from Mac and his agent. Because if I'm Mac, I tell the Patriots when it comes to my medical field, you know what, talk to my agent. You tried guys tried to get me killed out there. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Stewart had that tweet, though, and he's we're sort of going off of his reporting and his phone, which we trust implicitly. The Patriots and Mac Jones are at a disagreement about how to move forward, says Jimmy and his phone. Patriots want uh, to get him back as soon as possible, and he's hesitant to their guidance and wants to proceed with caution. Second opinion. Pat's timeline is four weeks max, which sort of lines up with that uh, tightrope surgery. Yeah. Right? And you look at all those guys at Alabama that had it. They were back within uh, 19, 20, 25 days, whatever, three weeks. Mac Jones more comfortable waiting six to eight if needed. What do you uh, know, Jimmy? What color can you add behind just this tweet? Uh, that's really the tweet. I just, uh, I think I followed up in the email by saying that there's just, there's not a lot of confidence in Mac Jones, um, and the Patriots. Like there was a comment made to me last night that emphasizes what I've been saying for a few months now that Mac Jones has completely fallen out of love 
with the operation with the New England Patriots op- operation, and this is just another another moment in time where he's frustrated. See, you know what I find fascinating about this too is that like Bill's thinking of it. You're falling out of love with me. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are, right? And I don't think he realizes that without Brady and without the you know the recent winning or the winning without Brady. I don't know how much juice he really has. Like if Mac Jones is looking at Bill and saying, you don't know what you're doing. Or how about the coaching I got in my previous stop was better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm coming from a better coaching staff than I have now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Between Bill O'Brien and and Saban. And then there's not many many rookies that can say that, but those Alabama guys can probably say that. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and I would just add this, that, like, Mac Jones wants to maximize his opportunities both on the field and financially. And right now, the New England Patriots have limited that. And, by the way, going forward, I would suggest that maybe Mac Jones' next destinations would be New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Okay, well, let's not, just like I'm not going to entertain Sean Payton coaching the Patriots, oh, we'll, we'll worry about Jones' next stop when we get there. Let's try a little bit of a one day at a time, Mac, right? One day at a time. Okay, let's, so again, this is why... Let's I see if we can have a football season is what I'm focusing yeah, on. Yeah, and part of it is on Jones. Again, part of it is like, dude, you get 20 games in here. Like, slow down, okay? Win some games. Actually win a playoff game. Make yourself one of the best players at your position in the league. Then make the demands. All right, three up, three down with Bedard right after... The- I'm media scum. And mass. His English is actually pretty good. Felger and mass. This team is a mess. 98.5. Seriously. The sports up. And now it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots. Two big throws on his drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Right, time uh, for three up, three down. It's with Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. It's presented by Telemore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game. With a triple distilled, triple cask matured, and triple blended Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Number one star, studs and duds. Three studs, three duds from Sunday's loss to the Ravens. Number one star, Greg. Ramondre Stevenson. He was the Patriots' best player by far. He needs more touches and not in the flat on passes, like actually between the tackles, especially in the red zone. He's a moose. He's fast. He's elusive. Like, ride that guy. Ramondre Stevenson, I had him number one. Seven yards of rush, six uh, six yards of reception, or maybe it was the other way around. But every time he touched the ball, it was six or seven yards. He was good. He was really good in no turnovers, unlike some other people. Number two star. Uh, Matthew Judon uh, led the team with three and a half quarterback pressures. I know a lot of people would say Dietrich Wise. Yeah. You know, he was going up against their fourth tackle. Judon had a tougher matchup. I think he was better against the run. Uh Wise had a little some issues in the running game that that led to some of Lamar Jackson's big runs. Second half, it felt like. Yep. Okay. Yes, Maz. No, I didn't have a, a Dietrich Wise either. I thought his game was so overrated it isn't funny. Really? I did. Yeah, he wasn't bad, but he's going up against some chump, and he did all his damage in about five snaps. <laughs> that was it. The rest of the time, he was, yeah, right. you know. But my number two was David Andrews. I thought the offensive line in the middle was pretty good in this game. 
I thought that, you know, the Patriots ran the ball in this game. They did a good job on the interior, I thought. Okay, Mavs working Bedard's side of the street on yep. that one. A big guy in the middle. Who's your third star there, Greg? Uh, Devontae Parker. I mean, he did have the big plays. Now, I will say it's it was a bit soft in terms of, I wouldn't say it was like a dominating game. The, the the Patriots took advantage of Brandon Stevens, the cornerback, early in the game. You know, they have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters as the top two cornerbacks. Then Stevens is the other kid. They took advantage of him. Anytime they saw him there one-on-one in a man coverage, they went after him, burned him a lot. And then suddenly in the second half, when the Ravens went to a little bit more zone match with Humphrey on Devontae Parker, much different game. I also had him third. I couldn't put him any higher than that because – I thought he didn't fight through uh, the play in the corner of the end zone there, and there was still, you know, there's still too much unknown with him. There's too much softness in his game, but overall, it was good. Let's get to the good stuff, please. The duds, number one dud for the Patriots. Who is it, Greg? Mac Wilson. Mm. I thought he was um, completely lost at times in the run game, the pass game. Um, you know, you figured that he would be one of the guys to help thwart Lamar Jackson. Obviously, the Patriots missed Kyle Duggar in this game, uh, but Wilson. Um, did not give him a lot in this game. Juwan Bentley. They they got run all over. They got absolutely steamrolled in the run game. And I know a lot of that's Jackson. But Bentley was on the field for how many snaps? 96%? 53 of the snaps or whatever the hell it was, and he had four tackles? I barely remember seeing him out there. Two. Cole Strange uh, allowed a team high four and a half pressures, a sack, a hit, two and a half hurries. Uh, he had a tough time in the running game as well. This was one of those matchups against a big physical team. I mean, Calais Campbell, good Lord, that guy is still He's a monster. Oh, okay, go ahead. He's unstoppable in there. I mean, you really have to put two guys on him. And then Michael Pierce is another big, stout nose tackle. And and look, I'm not down on Cole Strange. I don't think he was horrible. I don't think he needs to be benched or anything like that. But this is the second straight week that I've had him as the Patriots' lowest-rated offensive lineman. He's doing fine. He's just had some tough matchups the, uh, the last two weeks. And, and, you know, he's fine. He's where he should be as a rookie. Yes. Nelson Aguilar, hold on to the ball, dude. Hold on to the ball. What, do you have two catches in this game and one of them he spit back up? Like, just when I'm starting to think you're half-decent, you start spitting the ball up? Like, you know, no, not good enough. He can't turn the ball over every other game. Not going to work. Third dud there, Gregory. Jalen Mills. He, you know, some of his technique, you know, he gets turned around, and that's just the space that a lot of these guys need to make a big play on him. He missed the tackle as well, uh, you know, a big one down the field. Uh, he's He hasn't been great so far, and thank goodness for Jonathan Jones because I do want to mention, I love watching that guy on film. He has been sensational. Kudos to Belichick. And Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo for making that change. I I didn't I didn't know he had it in him. He does. He's he's phenomenal. Devon Godshell. How come I never notice him? Hmm. No. Well, why, why don't I? I mean, again, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league, according to the coach. I never noticed him. <laughs> Am I, did I wrong? Think he, I did. I know. I did think he was he was good in this game. Yeah. You know, for him. Define good. 43 snaps, though. That's a lot for a big nose tackle. Quick thought on the game plan. Uh, Lamar Jackson torches the blitz, and the Patriots blitzed him, what, was it 49% of the time? Yeah, I, I think that, that stat was a little in, overinflated. I had the Patriots blitzing uh, Lamar 30% of the time. Okay. Oh, I'm, so I'm sorry. I don't have the percent. Anyway, I, Patriots yeah. blitzed him 13 times on those 13 snaps. Jackson. 11 of 12, 127 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, a 150.3 rating. Pats didn't blitz him 21 times. He was just 7 of 17, 91 yards, 34 rating, and the interception. 
Uh, last week against Miami, he also had a perfect 158.3 rating when the Dolphins sent extra rushers. So thoughts, do you think the Patriots rushed him too much? Uh, I do. And, and it was disappointing that going into this game, you figured, all right, make Lamar beat you from the pocket, which he might, he might well have. I mean, he's that good now. I mean, he's, he is phenomenal. And, but you figured, all right, confine him to the pocket. He runs for over a hundred yards. He's making plays all over the place outside of the pocket. And then the other thing is you say, all right, stop Mark Andrews. Make Lamar Jackson beat you from the pocket and with his wide receivers. And Lamar had a huge game running, and Mark Andrews went off whenever he wanted to, including you know a couple drop passes that he had. Uh, I did not think that was good. I think that the Patriots, as I wrote about in my column, I watched Belichick almost the entire game on Sunday because I wanted to know what he was involved in. It was all offense. He obviously feels like he needs he needs to help on that side of the ball to, to to allow them to score points. And he had really – I'm sure he talked to them through the headset or what have you, but you never saw Bill go over to the defensive side, talk to Steve, you know, get on a knee and say, hey, this is the adjustment we're going to make. This is all we have to do. You know, none of that stuff. They basically left the defense up to Steve and probably Gerard, Gerard and – they got burned. I mean, 37 points. is They can't win games giving up 37 points. No way. This is another thing that cracks me up. Like, so what's he going to do now? Clone himself? <laughs> That's what he's going to do? So, so he can pay attention to both sides of the ball at the same time? It's like Michael Keaton in multiplicity. And, and they gave up a 43-yard punt return. Or was it a kickoff return? No, no, no it was a return. Punt return, 43, and then they went, Ravens scored a touchdown. I mean, yep. it was, that was a huge drive. Yep, and they fumbled the punt, too, but they recovered that one. That was uh, Bumble's Bryant. Back, back to your thoughts. There are your three up, three down. Long commercial-free segment is next. At Atrius Health, if it matters to our patients, it matters to us. I want to go skiing when I'm 80. Take that trip to Spain. Plan my daughter's wedding. Go see the pops. At Atrius Health, we take time to get to know you and what you care about. Because knowing you well helps us serve you well. We offer primary and specialty care for adults and children in locations around eastern Massachusetts. Find a doctor at atriushealth.org. Atrius Health. Care about you. Felger. And of course he looks good. And Mass. Because Mac Jones is out there with some tight shirt and looks hot. I never said he looked hot. Felger and Mass. He's got like that tapered torso face. 98.5 The Sports Hub. A question on the high ankle sprain. Yeah, I'm just kind of taking it day to day. And honestly, any injury questions are Coach Belichick's thing. So it's kind of just a day to day thing and um, just trying to get better. How, how are you feeling today? Like I said, I'm just going to take it day by day and get my treatment and, and do what I do. Is there an intent to be ready to, to play this week? Like, is that your your goal at this point? Just taking it day by day and any updates, like I said, you can talk to Coach about. Mac, um, how, how confident are you just that you'll play again this season? Yeah, like I said, just going to take it day by day. And if you have any more like those type questions, just talk to Coach Belichick. I think, you know, he likes to answer those questions. So <laughs> you can ask him. <laughs> I didn't have to ask Bill. I was just wondering how it felt. Awesome. Thanks. I'm just wondering, uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts both had uh, high ankle sprains at Alabama and came back quickly. I'm just wondering if you've reached out to them. Or if you plan to reach out to them for any sort of advice or information on treatment of any kind. Like I said, I'm just going to take it day to day and kind of get my treatment and, and see how I feel. And everyone's different, so I can't really speak for other people. 
I know you keep saying you're, you're day by day. Is there any significance to you saying day by day rather than week by week or, or any other time frame? Like I said, just day by day. Hey, Mac, uh, today it was reported that you decided today to get a second opinion. Is that true? Just trying to take it day by day. Thanks. Again, there was that yesterday. I don't care that we should be used to it by now and all of that. The, the, the point, I, the part I just find, uh, I, I can't help but going back, Greg. Bedard, join us here in our uh, Town for Entire Studios. I, I, I just, it's an itch that I have to scratch. You know, how, how Bill has been doing that for 20 years and forcing his players to do that for 20 years. And it's like, the part that bothers me the most is how I used to be told by Patriots fans that this is why Bill wins. And that's the part that I, 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 I just now want to shake my ass at because it's like, as a media guy, you'd complain about it because it's your job to get information. So that would affect us. But fans loved it. Huh? He doesn't owe you anything. This is why he wins. Hmm. Interesting. Really? Is it? Because since his quarterback walked out the door, still the same media policies, and he's 18 and 19. So is that why he wins? Do do you still believe that now? Do you like? Does it still have the same? Do do you still glorify it like you do? Does it still have the same buzz for you as it used to? Now that you're a 500 team without your quarterback, so does that help you win, or is it just is it just Bill being oversensitive about what is said in the media because he for some reason has a thing about it? Is it is it about winning or is it about that other thing I just described? B. Thank you. I mean, that, that thing always cracked me up anyway. Like, you know, so I get it. He's trying to block out the noise. Like, that's some of it. Okay, but the idea that fans bought into it is laughable. It's laughable. It's the part that bothers me that I had to hear for 20 years. Well, that's why he wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why he wins. Uh, back to your uh, thoughts. Derek and Province. Go ahead, Derek. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, you guys have been saying for a while now that this offensive line was going to get maxed out, and it's finally come to fruition. But my big question is, I was at the game on Sunday, and I found out through a text message walking out of the stadium that Matt Jones broke his ankle. So I, uh, everybody was already out of the stands at that point. You were down 11. They already burned a timeout. You're looking at an onside kick to stay in the game. This We've seen plenty of times where Belichick packs it in. Okay, let me stop you. Should he have been throwing in that situation? Yes. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. That it, never even crossed my mind. Me neither. Game wasn't over. I, if you want to say, say, I thought it was a dirty hit, or I thought it was unnecessary. I don't know if I go full. A little di- dirty. But completely unnecessary. He just The ball was out, and he completely fell on him with all of his weight right on his leg. It was not. It, it, it was a, it was a just-over-the-line kind of hit as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, we talked about that yesterday. But, no, no, you, you're still playing that game out. That that thing wasn't over. Chris in Florida. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Um, Mac has not been great this year, um, as we've all acknowledged. But it's a bit naive to say that Brian Hoyer's replacement won't be so bad. Um, wasn't too long ago, you know, we made the similar claim, or you guys did, um, when Cam Newton went out and Hoyer started in Kansas City. And we can all remember how that game went. I think, Felger, you came to your senses after that and said, you know, it's more about Tom Brady then it was the system. So what's going to be different this time with Hoyer coming in after his 11 straight losses as a starter? The schedule is what's going to be different. But what are your expectations for Brian Hoyer, Greg? Uh, Pretty much the same as they always are. Now, look, um, this summer, you could make the argument, and and 
Brian didn't get a ton of time because I think they were trying to get Mac acclimated to the new offense and they wanted to know what they had in Bailey Zappi because they know what they have in Brian Hoyer. There's no there's no surprises there. When Brian got a chance to run the offense, whether it's preseason or training camp, joint practices, what have you, he was really good. There were times where you're like, Hoyer was the best quarterback on the field. He threw the ball in much better timing. His arm's a little bit better. Um, he throws a little bit better deep ball. Uh, and so, you know, I have, I've always thought a lot of Brian, and he's extremely smart. The problem is you'll, you'll get stretches in this game where you're like, oh, man, Brian Hoyer looks really good. But then there will be criti- critical situations in the red zone, uh, you know, big plays on third down in the middle of the field where the book on him, and, and look, this is just what he's shown. It's on film. He melts down a bit and runs into trouble. And, you know, we also have the patting thing. He pats the ball before he throws. And oftentimes the defensive backs can get a jump on him that way. Those are the minuses, and they're pretty big minuses. Rob in Oxford. Go ahead, Rob. So after this past weekend, seeing the clown show of all the offensive staff, Patricia, Judge, all on Bill. I don't think Bill can be the, the head coach next year. I, I think he has to go because this injury for Mac Jones is all on him. It's, the offensive identity doesn't exist. It's just a complete mess. And, okay, and, Rob, your phone blows. He said Bill's got to go. But, go ahead. One thing I just wanted to say about this, and I get this uh, reading the comments on uh, at my site at bostonsportsjournal.com, and I understand, like, you know, I, I've i been saying since the since training camp started, like, this doesn't look right. This isn't right. I don't know if it's going to work or, you know, I think at one point I said, you know, the offense isn't really going to catch hold until about the midpoint of the season. And, and I don't mean to be overly negative. I'm just trying to give you the truth. And, and unfortunately that's where we are, but they're one and two looking at one and three. Like, what did you think going into the season? Did you think this team was going to start like three and one with the schedule that they had and where they are on offense? Like, you know, everything, if you were a realist about where this team is, well, if, but if they were in a good place, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they could have at least been two and two. I mean, as it is, that was a winnable game on Sunday. They could have won that. Yeah. Without it, you know, that was, as Bill would say, a couple of plays go the other way from a yardage standpoint. We were competitive. I mean, they, but I really, I, I don't believe that in week one against Miami, uh, where Bill said that. But if he said that about Sunday, I would agree with it. And so they're in a bad way. And they almost won on Sunday. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they should have come out of this thing two and two or even better if they were a functional team, but they're not a yeah, functional team. Yeah, but I, I don't understand the doom and gloom about it. I mean, everything's still in front of them. I mean, you you know, you talk about like the next four games, and I and I brought that up, but like you you really look at it and it's really it's the, next, the six. next six. Yeah. They could legitimately they should go six and oh. Okay. There's well, no world no, no, beaters no. Well, there. Green Bay is part of the, that six, I think. No. Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, the Jets, twice the Colts, and the Vikings. Okay, so you're going post by. Yeah, I'm going post by. Got it. As well. I mean, the, if if you need the first four games to get things straightened out, you know, we knew they're going to take the hits. Likely one and three, maybe two and two, if things went your way. But you know, you go one and three, and then you go six and zero, oh, five and one. Everything is there for you down the stretch. Yes, and sir. you have built the whole season, gotten your team ready. We know what we can do. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. It's all right be, there. And Jones should be back and, by that point. And the one, a one and two starts shouldn't change that Agreed. at all. And so I don't understand the doom and gloom. I They're exactly where I thought they would be. And I thought they would finish eight and nine. I think they'll, they'll fold down the stretch again. But things could change. But now is 
those six games after the Packers, I don't care who's quarterback, they got to make hay. Okay, but just so, just because I predicted them to have a bad season and they're having a bad season, I can't sit there and go, well, that's what I thought. So. No big deal. No big deal. No, it's just, yeah, you know, no, no. What's the, the script is I come out and criticize them and then they prove me wrong and then you out there call me an idiot. Like that's, right? Like that's the show. And so I am surprised that that isn't happening. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like all the criticisms of the team are coming home to roost and they're actually, they can't overcome them. So that to me, uh, I mean, just because I thought they'd be bad and now they're bad doesn't mean that I that they're above criticism them. No, it's a, it's a bad story that I'm right and they're bad. Yeah, and let's also not overlook the mistakes. They have eight turnovers in three games. Eight turnovers. They got guys, you know, uh, Willie Mays and punts into the end zone and then, uh, you know, flopping around on the ground to recover them over the weekend. Like, there's some crap that's going on out there that you're saying, what the hell is this? Like, that's not how you we, – we know now. Back then, we didn't know how to play. Okay. Now we know how to play. More of your thoughts, more of Bedard's thoughts on Sunday and the state of the team after Murray's update. Takes 90 seconds. There are no – This Sports Hub On Demand content is sponsored by Coors Light. Chill on with game day greats when you grab an ice-cold Coors Light and watch the football game this week at Hooters in Dedham, Saugus, Shrewsbury, or West Springfield. Hooters makes you happy this football season. Chill on.